Thank you so much for tuning in to our church podcast. You can go to atarapentecost.com for questions about services and how to donate. We pray that you are blessed by this message today. God bless. I won't touch it, so. <laughs> I, too, am very proud of our young people. These are really the cream of the crop. Amen. Truly, and Brother Awad, you've got a up-and-coming there. Yeah, we're excited about seeing what God's going to do with her. Amen. It's amazing to see what God is doing Tonight we're going to focus on a thought. God changed my message, so you know how that goes. He changes it often. But our thought tonight is on the stewards of the mysteries of God. Stewards of the mysteries of God. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2. So then, let us, apostles, be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ. And this is what I so appreciate about our pastor. He is a servant of the people. We can look around and see in many other where they're supposed to be serving the people. They are lords over the people. And I'm so appreciative that we have a servant, a doulos, we had a ship that used to come, it was called Dulos, and would visit uh, the western coast of Africa. And they had doctors and dentists and all sorts of good things in there. And they would come and be there for several days, and people were lined up to bring healing. But it was called Dulos. And of course, that is the love slave uh, in the word of God, the Greek word for a love slave, one who is sold out to his master. And so that's uh, a wonderful word there for servant of Christ and stewards, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. We are stewards of the mysteries that God has revealed to us. I'm not going to get in real deep. Don't, don't think about all that because anytime we say mysteries, you know, we get, but the Bible has a different meaning for mysteries than what we think about. You know, I like to watch mysteries, you know, Agatha Christie and <laughs> some of those uh, silly mysteries that they have. You're trying to find a who done it, who done it, you know. But God's mysteries are not like that. God's mysteries are not like that. I'm going to give you a definition of that in, in a moment. Moreover, it is essentially required of stewards that a man be found faithful, proving himself worthy of trust. That would be a good one for young ministers coming up, wouldn't it? In fact, I think that's one of the scriptures they used when they were giving us a charge for ministry. It was that scripture, we must be found faithful. In Proverbs, there's a scripture that says, a faithful man who can find. And I'm striving. I'm not there yet. But I'm striving to be faithful, full of faith, trusting in God. A great example of that is... Joseph. I'm not going to talk a lot about Joseph. But Joseph was a steward. He had a dream. He didn't understand what the dream meant. 
He had no idea what was coming up in his life. Nevertheless, he became a steward, a faithful man. He held that dream in his heart. And I'm sure when he was probably on that journey, you know, going from the pit down to Egypt, you know, he probably was thinking about that, thinking about the journey, you know, thinking about the dream that he had on his journey. And then while he was going through all of his experiences, but we found him to be a faithful steward. When he was on the slavery block, Potiphar bought him. He became a steward in the house of Potiphar. Instead of a cheap slave, he became the top one in charge of everything in Potiphar's house. He was the one that Potiphar trusted with everything in his house. But it didn't last, did it? He went from up there into the prison. But even then, he became a steward, a faithful steward in the prison of the warden. He became the warden's assistant. Faithful he was. Was it a couple of years he was there, there in that prison? Not exactly sure, but I think it was a couple of years. But then he became faithful in Potiphar's palace. Second only to Potiphar himself. And the stewardship of the mystery that he was holding in his heart took him where he needed to go. I don't know if you believe in dreams. People have dreams. God speaks to people. And we're holding things in our heart that God has revealed that he's going to do. And I'm rejoicing in that. All right, Colossians 1, 25 to 27 in the Amplified, please. In it, I became a minister in accordance with the divine stewardship which was entrusted to me for you. See, it's not for me, it's for you. We're all stewards. We're all servants, one to another. As its object and for your benefit to make the word of God fully known among you. Are we stewards of the mystery? What you know about Christ, we have different levels of knowledge and understanding in the Word of God, some who have gone to Bible college and some who have gone, uh, learned in different situations, have been in the church, you know, maybe just for a year or two, they're not going to know as much as somebody who has been, you know, uh, sitting under teaching for a long time. But still, you are a steward of what you know, of that which you have experienced. And I appreciate that about Brother Jeff. He can share his experiences. I'll never forget that one about Walmart. No, I'm not going to forget that one. The bomber. I mean, that was, that was amazing. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm asking everybody, can I say, do you remember that? <laughs> no. The mystery of which was hidden for ages and generations from angels and men. Even the angels didn't know what was going on in the New Testament. That God would make of twain one new man, of Jew and Gentile. That he would make one church. One church. You know, before in the Old Testament, we were goyim, we were dogs, you know. And they didn't see, unless we were proselytized into Judaism. But then God said, we're going to be part of the church, a branch Planted 
into the trunk. He has made us, given us this awesome privilege of belonging to the church, the called out ones. It's amazing. He will build his church. The gates of hell will not prevail. The mystery of which was hidden from ages and generations from the angels and men, but it's now revealed to his holy people, the saints. So this mystery has now been revealed. The secret things belong to God, but the things which are revealed belong to us, and to our children we may keep the laws of God. The word steward, Greek word is oikonomos, the manager of a household or estate, like Joseph. He could be over, you know, uh, treasures, a chamberlain, you know, over a lot of different valuable things. He can be entrusted with something. He's a steward. Mystery is mysterion, and this is the, the one that's different from the, what we think of as a Mystery. In the New Testament, it denotes not the mysterious things, but that which is being outside the range of unassisted natural understanding. And it can be only known by divine revelation. This is what the Bible talks about with the meaning of revelation, I mean of mystery. And is made known in a manner and at a time appointed. And I thought about Jacob, and he was wrestling with the angel. The angel said, what's your name? And he told him his name and changed his name. But then he comes up and he says, what's your name? The angel didn't answer him. Why? Because it wasn't time yet. It wasn't time for the revelation of that name. There's some things that we want to know, and we have to wait a little while to see it. Not everything. You know, there's a lot of things people want to know, even... Jesus talked about uh, others. He said, there were uh, people who wanted to see this day. And they didn't see it. The time when Jesus would come. So it's a divine revelation and it's made known in a manner and at a time appointed by God and to those only who are initiated. We are the initiated. We are the illumined ones. We have come to Christ. He is our light. In him was life and the light of men. In him is life. And that's our light. Amen. By his spirit. In the ordinary sense, a mystery implies knowledge that's withheld. But the scriptural significance is truth revealed. It's the opposite what the world thinks, hiding things, secrets, you know. Those are the kind of movies people want to watch. You know? This is full of secrets, all kinds of secrets in this movie. Yeah, that's what I want to watch. I want to watch what has got all these secrets, people's hidden secrets. Well, God's is truth revealed. God's interested in getting the truth out. That's why he made us stewards of the mysteries of God. Hebrews 1.1, 1, 1, if you will, please. In many separate revelations, each of which set forth a portion of the truth, a portion of the truth, and in different ways God spoke of old to our forefathers and by the prophets. Diverse manners, different ways. He spoke. Is he still speaking today? He is still speaking to us today. The 
we have that little prayer room, that little place where we meditate and where we go into the presence of God, isn't that awesome that we can go into the presence of God? We can come boldly, you know, not wimpy-like. We can come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy, find grace to help in the time of need. We can come into his presence. Amen. If we've done something bad, you know, we, we can clear that up right away. It's called repentance. And I don't know about you, but I, I have, I do that several times a day. Repentance, because things pass through your mind, Lord, that's not you. You say something, Lord, that's not you. You read something, you have to ask God to forgive you. Lord, get me back on track. We are human. We are in the flesh. And we are going to mess up. That's why he's given to us repentance. Repentance. It's a beautiful gift. He's granted us repentance unto salvation. It's a gift. It's a gift. And different ways God spoke to, of old to forefathers in and by the prophets. All right, so we have established now that God speaks. And those things that he speaks to our heart, he wants us to share the mysteries of God. Here are some of the mysteries. Matthew 13, 11, it's given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that awesome? Mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. I guess somebody probably could preach on that for a whole week. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It's very lofty, isn't it? It's past my pay grade. 1 Corinthians 14.2 he, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God, for no man understands him, howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries. One of the reasons why we need the Holy Ghost, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, so that we can pray in the spirit you see, we pray in the Spirit, we sing in the Spirit. Amen. We build up ourselves in the Holy Ghost. And we speak mysteries. Mysteries. Wonderful. 1 Timothy 3.16, you all know it. Probably preached it a dozen times. Great is the mystery of godliness. God is manifest in the flesh and so forth. It's... it's Powerful, powerful verse. The mystery of godliness. Can we share that? Can we be a good steward of that? Yes, we can. Romans eleven twenty five. For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, that blindness in part is happened to Israel. So when you meet a Jew that is hostile to the message of God, here's your answer. This is the mystery. Blindness is upon them, but not all the time. In part, it's happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. And then, it's not very long off, far off. God's going to turn to focus back on the Jews and finish what he started. Romans 16, 24. 
Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel in the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelations of the mystery, which has been kept secret since the world began. But now it's made manifest. See, it's truth revealed. It's not something that's hidden, secrets hidden. That's the world way of thinking of mysteries. But it's truth revealed that we can share. It's out there. But now is made manifest, and by the scriptures of the prophets, according to the commandment of the everlasting God, made known to all nations for the obedience of faith. 1 Corinthians 15, 1, we all love this one. Behold, I show you a mystery. What is that mystery? We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. Don't we love that verse? I think we've had that verse spoken almost every single service we've had. <laughs> a mystery, a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Perhaps we should, you know, put a sign over the nursery, you know, the same thing. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Ephesians 3, 4, it talks about the mystery of Christ. Well, we know some things about the mystery of Christ, the truths that have been revealed to us about him. We know about his love. We know about his mercy. We know about different stories in the New Testament. The woman at the well, the leper, the blind, Zacchaeus. Oh, we know a lot of those stories, the mystery of Christ, to reveal it and share it with a world that needs to know. Ephesians 8, 3, 8 through 10. Um, I'd like to get that if you could. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10. Another mystery here. I'm sorry I did that to you. Ephesians 3, verse 8 through 10. To me, though I am ver the very least of all the saints, God cons God's consecrated people, this grace, favor, privilege was granted and graciously entrusted, was granted and graciously, graciously entrusted to proclaim to the Gentiles the unending, the boundless, the fathomless, the incalculable, and exhaustless riches of Christ. Wealth which no man being could say, could have searched out. Okay. And to enlighten all men and make plain to them what is the plan regarding the Gentiles and providing for the salvation of all men. Isn't that a glorious plan that God started way back at the beginning? It happened, he told uh, Eve, didn't he? What about Eve? What about that story? What was that first prophecy? Huh? Yeah, the serpent head will be smashed to smithereens as you will bruise his heel. When she had her first child, she named him Cain. And she said, I've got a man. She thought that was him. And we know he wasn't a man. He wasn't the guy. <laughs> Cain was not the guy. 
But she thought it was going to happen right away. A lot of people do. God speaks to them. Oh, it's going to happen right now. You can read people uh, uh, on the Internet, you know, and they tell things, you know, and they, they think, like, God's going to do it right now. Crazy stuff, crazy stuff. All right, and... Uh, Okay, the mystery kept hidden through the ages and concealed until now the mind of God who created all things by Christ Jesus. Isn't that a lofty scripture? Amazing, wonderful mystery about the church. The Gentiles coming in, being accepted into the body of Christ. Amen. All right, uh, Ephesians 6.19, the mystery of the gospel. Colossians 1.27, this mystery speaks about the riches of the glory of this mystery. And it says it is Christ in you, hope of glory. I think we talked a little bit about that in a Sunday school lesson. How did they know Christ in the Old Testament? He was with them. He was upon them. He was external. When those of David's mighties did their mighty things that they did. It was the spirit moving them. Samson, all those heroes of the Old Testament, it was external. But now this is the mystery that has been revealed, the riches of the glory of this mystery, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. Colossians 2.2. 2. You can get that one too if you want to. Colossians 2.2. 2. I'm just going to run through these real quick. For my concern is that their hearts may be braced, comforted, cheered, and encouraged as they are knit together in love. That's the way the body of Christ is supposed to be. You're supposed to be knit together in love. That they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessings of assured conviction of understanding, and that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely and accurately and thoroughly that mystic secret. Is that the end of it? That, mis that mystic secret. Okay. Let me see a period there. Of God, which is Christ the Anointed One. Mystic secret of God. Hey, we're, we're, we're stewards of the mysteries of God. We're entrusted with these mysteries to share them with the world. This Jesus that we have a personal relationship with, it's not head knowledge. We have been born again. We have been baptized into the body of Christ. We have an intimate relationship with God when we want to have it. See? We can, we can get cold if we want to. We also have the privilege and honor to get very intimate with God. And besides that, we are the bride. And I think, you know, a bride waiting for her husband, you know, she's expecting wonderful things. She's preparing herself. This is a time of sanctification of the bride. That interim time between... You know, him paying the debt and his return to receive us unto himself, that we will be with him as he kept his promise in the book of John. He said, I want you to be where I am. 
want you to be with me. Man, how sweet is that? How precious is that? Hallelujah. Colossians 4.3, <clears throat> Paul asks for prayer that God would open a door to speak the mystery of Christ. Open the door, God. I want to speak the mystery. I want them to know your boundless love, your goodness, your grace, your kindness, your love, your unfailing mercy, sharing the mysteries of God. We are stewards. It's our responsibility. We have been entrusted with this. First Timothy 3.9, there is a mystery of faith. How many of you understand everything there is to know about faith? You can quote scriptures about faith. Substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen, but it's still a mystery that God is revealing to us every time that we make an effort to learn more about faith. God, I want to know more about faith. That kind of faith you talk about when you move mountains. I want to, I want to know about that kind of faith. You know, we can ask Him for it. We can desire the best gifts, covet the best gifts. Then we have a negative one here, 2 Thessalonians 2.7, the mystery of iniquity. It's already here, isn't it? The mystery of iniquity, the evil, the darkness that is encroaching upon our world before the return of the Lord for us. The mystery of iniquity. Many of you can understand. I've heard people say, I don't understand how they can do those kind of things. Just rush in the store and go steal everything and walk out of the store. And people just standing there with their hands folded watching them walk out of the store in, in Santa, San Francisco, Oakland. It's, it's crazy. You understand iniquity? Then there's Mystery Babylon in Revelation. Mystery of the Seven Stars. But I love Revelations 10, 7. It said, the mystery of God should be finished. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? God reveals his plans, his word, his secrets in his own time. And God wants us to know that he has a plan for every one of us. See, I'm not going to go through all of these. I will remember Enoch in Jude, verses 14 and 15, the book of Jude, verses 14 and 15. It doesn't have but one chapter, so they just do it by verses. God gave him an understanding, didn't he? The Lord is coming with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon the world. He saw that. Enoch, the seventh from Adam, he saw that. What a mystery that was. It was glorious. It was of these people, moreover, that Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied when he said, Behold, the Lord comes with his myriads of holy ones, ten thousands of his saints, the return of God's people to this earth after the time that we have spent with him. How about Job? He said, I know that my Redeemer lived. He had an understanding of the mystery of the resurrection. He said, I know that after my, you know, my body decays, 
Yet in my flesh I will see God. Amen. He had that understanding. Where did he get it from? God reveals things. God reveals things. Abraham, think about the, the Abrahamic covenant. You remember when God showed him the stars. Count the stars. You know, Abraham was complaining. He said, I'm only, I've only got my servant here. He's the inheritor of everything. I don't have any kids. You know, and, and, and the Lord said, look at the stars. Count the stars. And this land is going to be all yours. And then he asked the question, he said, but how will I know that I'm going to inherit it? And God told him to get these animals. Uh, the bullock, three years, a, a she-goat, and a ram three years and then a pigeon and another small creature and line them up <clears throat> this was the way they made covenants in those days you know they would set them on fire <clears throat> and then the two people who were making the covenant would walk through those burning animals you know the little <clears throat> pathway that they made in between and they would say more or less you know if i do not keep this covenant may what has happened to these animals, happened to me. They, they counted covenants very seriously. And oaths, very seriously. <clears throat> well, the funny thing is, God let Abraham take a nap. God was the only one that walked through it. It was an irrevocable, irrevocable, mutable covenant that God made with Abraham. And he's going to finish what he started. And I say hallelujah to God. You know, I had so much more going through all of the David, the things that he saw in the Psalms. He wrote it down, talking about the death of Jesus and talking about, you know, the situations and all of the prophets, Isaiah, you know, the birth, and uh, Micah, different ones. It's amazing. But they were good stewards. And that's why we have it today. They were good stewards mysteries of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, I wanted to share with you um, a couple short videos. One's two minutes and the other one I think is three or so. So I'm going to ask uh, our brother who is so patient, especially with me. This is a song called The Commission. And then there's a short video after that <clears throat> that I would like you to see, and then we'll pray. See. Tell the world about me 
If you're a Washington homeowner during World War II, the island of Okinawa, he did something that's incredible even to this day to imagine. One night, they were fighting so hard on that hill, Hacksaw Ridge. He, by himself, he was a medic. He was a Seventh-day Adventist. He refused to hold arms. And he said, I will go out with all the other soldiers. Never carried them. He went out as a medic and attended to all of the soldiers that were injured and hurt. They abused him when he first joined, beat him up, did all kinds of things. You can imagine, he was very devout, always kept his Bible in his pocket. He was a wonderful man. I happened to see his testimony in life. I think he died in 2008 or something. But uh, he left his testimony on there when this movie was being made of his life. And he told the story, I think, at the end of the movie they have. I've seen that movie, um, testimony from him, a wonderful man. And he saved 75 men in one night. He took them to the cliff and he let them down. He made a rope and tied them with a rope and let them down. 
75 men in one night. Amazing. Amazing. Only God. And he prayed all through it. He 
faith he had. Please, Lord, give me one more. One more soul. One more life. Father, we thank you. Your word is rich. The mysteries of God are there to be revealed to a dying, crying world. God, give us the boldness, the willingness, the understanding to share the mysteries of God. Help us to be faithful stewards of these mysteries of the unsearchable riches of Christ. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Yeah.